House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Bill, you're coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Hustle Run Podcast. Hustle at gmail.com is the email address. First things first, haircut update from <laughs> Jason. Did you meet the person known as the Master Barber? I, I did. Got the, the Master Barber. Um, you know, he was like, okay, yeah, I see what's, you know, she's like, he's like, and she was there, the girl who gave me the bad haircut, which I felt like was awkward. Um, cause Wait, I observing? Bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. So she was working, but then she came over because she's like, "Oh, I want to see. You know, I want to see how you fix it." Like, and, and she couldn't have been nicer. She couldn't have been like more friendly and like, she's yeah. like I'm glad. Like, he's gonna make it look really good and, and just like cool. But she was new, so she was like taking notes, and uh, he did a good job. It's still um, not ideal for me, just because I, I think it needs to grow out a little bit. But he 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 made it look much better. What was his aura? Like, did he have his own like super special? You like you like blades? Like, how did this work? Did he have an outfit, like a different outfit? Did he have like? Is there a belt that he has? So there were two master barbers there. The other guy like was living up the part. I would say the the, the guy who did cut mine was very unassuming. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't know he was a master. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just he, but he's just doing his thing. The other guy was like way over the top like outfit had the had the, the attitude like he was hilarious and I, I really enjoyed him but mm-hmm. like he was he was fully going for it this guy was just kind of kind of doing his thing okay so what did he do like specifically what was he able to do oh uh, man um so yeah it just just kind of like uh did a little more blending he's get you know there's not blending. you can't make hair yeah like like you know because it was it was very <clears throat> falling off a cliff from the top <laughs> to the sides if you will so he was trying to fix that situation yeah um, and then, you know, did a little tapering, you know, was able to take it shorter at the bottom to, to, to so it, it had a little, a little more texture to it. Um, so yeah, it, it, I, I think he did everything possible. And w- was the woman who did the initial haircut, she was shadowing, was it similar in a restaurant when they bring the waiter or waitress over and they say, and this is Jason, he's new, <laughs> he's going to be training with me. Was was it? Similar I've done that. that a lot. You know, you know my serving days. Yeah, I used to do that quite a bit. Um, not not fully. So like she was there and then she just like she would she'd pop by every once in a while. And okay. sometimes he'd be like, Hey, you see what I'm doing here? And but <laughs> it would be cutting like, his you know, hair. Yeah, see I'm using the scissors. Um but uh yeah, so yeah, just kinda kinda did it. Like I said, she couldn't have been cooler about it, he couldn't have been better about it. It was it was a you know, it's a good experience. And I think in a, in a month or so, be be back to normal. Are you gonna get that guy every time, or is he not? I available? think so. Well, oh yeah, I, I think I could, I could book. So, do you have a lifetime pass with him? <laughs> well, I used to go to the same girl every time, but then she just was no, no longer appearing on my, uh, mm-hmm. on their app. So I don't know if she's just gone. But now, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with this dude for sure. One more question about your serving days. When you had the trainees shadow you, when you got done taking order, and then you walked back to to put it in. Did you ever yeah. turn to the trainee and say, and that's how you take an order? <laughs> uh, I would just be like, and you just got served. Um. <laughs> All right. Yep. Let's move on. Please. We got a packed show. We got to yeah. talk about Euro Indoors, one of your top three favorite European championships, I think. 
Mm. Nothing beats Euro Cross, obviously. Of course. Uh, Tokyo Marathon, we'll talk about the 10, where there was an American record and a British record. NCAA Blazer this weekend. I could talk a little bit about that. We have a few emails. And then the much-anticipated, completely non-running related Ted Lasso Season 3 preview. Don't worry. We'll give out spoiler warnings before we get to that. And also, hey, turn off the podcast. We're not going to talk about running anymore. Why are these two jokers talking about Ted Lasso? We'll give that out at the end. But Yeah, it's been a year since the second season came out, too. Like, if you haven't watched it yet, what are you doing? Well, I don't want to just start talking in the middle about... Oh, cerithium oil. You know, like I don't want to say drop that sort of stuff on people if they're not ready for it. So I will uh, – we'll hold it to the end. Yes. No, that's that, – uh, 100%. All right. Euros. Let's go. We had a world record there too. We're going to talk about that in a second. So we'll have both songs too. Give me, give me an idea of what you thought was the most important because we had a lot of the best names in Europe competing. They didn't have the best competition – most of them won rather comfortably in times that were not better than times that they had run before. I'm speaking, of course, of Inga Britson, Bull, Keely Hodgkinson, Laura Muir, Carson Warholm, to name a few. Yeah. Which, which one surprised you the most, if, if any, out of that group? Yeah, it's hard to be surprised by... You know, like Jakob just dominating any meet, um, let alone, you know, you remove all the Africans and everyone else. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it gets a lot easier. Keely yeah. and Muir are on another level, Bowl on another level. Um, I guess at least uh, Warholm decided to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's what happens when you go out in 20.8 in a mm-hmm. 400. Um, so that was fun. Because it's just like, of course, that's what Warholm tried to do. Like, mm-hmm. I think Warholm goes into a race going like, well, if I can run 42, then <laughs> I should win this race. And then he runs, yeah, 20.8, and <clears throat> he hits the wall. And honestly, the fact that he held on to win, like, is really impressive. Yeah. Like, I, I, because you could tell he was just done. And rightfully so. Wouldn't bode well for an 800 going out that fast. That's those are the, t- those are the same who are, strategy though. Who are tracking it? All right. Yeah, uh, I, were you surprised or you know like did anything even stick out? I mean, they're all amazing, but it's just like I think I was surprised by the like the ease of Hodgkinson and just okay. how smooth all of it looked for She's her. So good. Yeah, and. She ran 158, and I know the splits don't bear this out, but it looked like she was just chill in the first half and then made a big move in the second half. Again, I know it's not how the times, at least the splits I saw. I thought, I think she ran 30 for the third 200, but it looked, she separated herself. And it just made me think, not that she was going to keep going after these time trial type races, but there's definitely a sub 157 in there. At, at some point um, in the not too distant future, maybe if she got in the right track on the right track with perfect like pacing. indoors or just in general. Well, not in general because she's already rolling. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. I was just making sure. I was... Like, if let me explain it this way. Yeah, if you showed me that race and you said this is what she ran in the champion, and you just showed me how it played out, and and you asked how fast could she run in a rabid race right now, I'd say faster than one fifty seven. Yes, if that makes sense. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I'd be going one fifty six low, maybe at this point. Um, if she she had some real great rabbiting or it looked like a work thing, Mo to me. or something. <laughs> yeah. For instance. Um. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, she's she's just been you know she pumped out multiple one fifty sevens already this year, and uh, and I guess yeah. I'd I'd say the same thing about Bull. She right. didn't, she didn't get a PR either, but she went under fifty again. <laughs> she won the four by four too with with her Dutch teammates. So I guess it's. It, it, it was it was harder it was hard to look easier than Keely Hodgkinson looked, but I thought Femke Bowl looked rather composed, in as opposed to Warholm, who lit his hair on fire in the yes. first two hundred and started running around. Yeah, Warholm doesn't know how to look composed. That's not his. <laughs> no, that's not his 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 move. You know, it's uh, and and I love him for that. It's so fun to watch him race, uh, but it's also fun to watch them because they're just yeah they're they're in full control and it's kind of obviously. You know, they've both been around for a couple of years, mm-hmm. but I also feel like they're both going to make a leap this year, and it's just like kind of taking them to the next level, and this is just the kind of the start of that. So mm-hmm. um, it's just going to be fun to watch them all year. Yeah, Muir was, I thought, you know, never really threatened in a way similar to Jakob. The Jakob race that I guess there was a moment maybe in the 1500. With Gorley, just because we know what Gorley's done this year, where you thought, all right, Jakob's only run one race before this. It was good, but it wasn't as fast as his times the year before. But then you get to the end, and the story is Jakob basically wire to wire, <laughs> getting a win over a quality opponent. So I thought. Yeah, that's the difference, I guess, in that race, right? Like you have. Gourley you had a guy. Yeah, yeah. Where, you know, it's. Sorry to the to the rest of these fields, but there was no one else of the equivalent of Gorley like that these other athletes were competing against. Mm-hmm. Um and that that does make a difference. And it also it's like obviously no shame for Gorley, but also um yeah, Ingebrigtsen is just that good. And it's hard to tell how much pressure he was under. You look at the margin of victory, but you also know that he was going for the double and this is how he wins races. I mean, he also wins races by big margins, but he also indoors wins big races by getting in the front, controlling the race, and knowing exactly what he needs to do over those last couple laps. So, I I thought Gorley had a shot. He did have a shot. Yeah, and I he, mean, he, he put up a you know put up a, a worthy fight. Yeah, and I think he had a great indoor season overall. The biggest upset, at least based on resume was men's 60 with Marcel Jacobs losing to Samuel Ceccarelli. Now, Ceccarelli beat him at Italian championships, which were not yeah. that long ago. So nobody can say, oh, this totally, we didn't see any of this coming. But Ceccarelli PR'd in the prelims here, ran 647, then go 648. The way I described this on the other podcast was this was not a disaster for Marcel Jacobs. But it wasn't good news, obviously, either. And I think that fits the whole trend of his indoor season. Yeah. Uh, I guess you could say the the most concerning part was the limping around after the race and the tape up on his leg during the race. That, to me, was more concerning than losing. Because it's 60. I get it. He should be faster indoors because he was faster last year indoors. But you could put a bad indoor season behind you. But... If he keeps having to deal with these injuries, Jason, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see him back on the podium or being even a factor in, in these finals again. 
Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think I think the the injuries is the is the only thing that concerns me. I mean, he ran six five zero, which is fine. You know, I mean, it's good, but it's not like you said he's run faster last year. You know, if he's <clears throat> he looked very good at the sixty last year, so it was kind of like, oh, I expect him to <clears throat> to do really well. But really, the injuries, yeah. Once these start to really, and and I don't know how long you know this will affect him, and maybe he'll be running a good hundred and a couple weeks or, or whatever. I don't know. But yeah. that it just, just because of how last season went, um, any small showing of an injury is now a major concern. Agreed. Agreed. We're not going to forget what we saw last year. Uh, we also had a world record. How about that? Huh? Women's pentathlon. Yeah. I love it. Didn't see that one coming. Did you Jason? I did not admittedly. <laughs> Didn't well, re- read the. Uh, you didn't read the indoor. Preview. Is it, which 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 song are we doing here? Well, here's the plot twist: two women exceeded it. Adriana Sulek of Poland, five thousand fourteen points, and Nafi Tiem, five thousand fifty five points. So Tiem gets the the world record, but Sulek number two all time. Um, I think it's real because this is an act. Let's see if it's on. Is women's pentathlon all on all athletics? It's got to be, right? It is not. Nope. So that doesn't help my case at all. <laughs> well, we did the American record song when Anna Hall broke the pentathlon record. That's true. And, and, two, and two women broke it. I feel like we could do, we could do some, uh, some I also Also, I, I like the pentathlon. It's, Me too. It's one day, right? So it's, yep. easier, it's easier to keep track of. And I like the events in it. It's cool that it ends with an 800. Who doesn't love ending your day with an 800 that's how i end every day <laughs> all right right to bed <laughs> so here we go naffy tm world record women's pentathlon well it's a world record likes of which has never been seen it's a world record highest fastest farthest a human's ever achieved wouldn't believe if i told you go to youtube and i'll show you got results to verify soon it will be ratified well it's a of which has never been seen well it's a world record highest fastest farthest a human's ever achieved well it's a world record well it's a world record I'll give you a chance here anything else from Euros that you want to talk about before we move on no, I think we covered the uh, the main stuff there. Okay. Kambunji won the women's 60. Yep. Yeah. That was, I mean, which, not surprising. Men's 8. You want to do a breakdown on the men's 8? Well, big thing about the men's 8 was uh, me looking for the results right now so I can tell you what happened. Um, no. Um, Robert got caught by Ben right at the did. end. He that's, did. That's two of our guys from... 
Wait, is that two of the guys from No. Robert? No. Ben Twal, was, right? Twal was there with Ben. So yeah, it wasn't Robert. Right. It was the other guy. It. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, never mind. Then never mind. I do not want to discuss it. <laughs> it's personal. Yeah, it's just like an outdoor. 147 wins. Um, so it's right on pace. <laughs> All right. Tokyo Marathon. Uh, Deso Gelmisa wins the men's race, women's race. Rosemary Wanjiru ran 216.28. So that was Ooh. the... Best time performance of the day, Gemichu was 216.56, so two more sub-217 women to add to the list. Uh, going back to the men's race, though, Cam Levins broke the Canadian and North American Ooh. record. We don't have a North American record song. We still have a Canadian record song. But uh, 205.36, Jace, he was in the mix. He yeah. led this thing. He wasn't just you know hanging back and picking up. Uh, people at the back end like he was really 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 in this thing so cam levens his last nine months have been great when you go back to eugene when he got fourth at, at the world championships and now now he's a 205 gentleman yeah i mean we had eight guys between 205 22 and 205 59 so i mean if you're going <laughs> to yeah. try to run 205 a great day to do it because <laughs> join the club not, you know, there was just guys all over the place but still Really impressive from Levens, and then the top three were like all sprinting down the stretch, which you always love. Yeah, the rare close marathon finish, and the even rare close three way marathon finish. And Galmisa pulled a Chalimo too. He was he was kind of all over the place a little bit. He's running um, Isa out. He's yeah, it's uh, putting him on the sidewalk as we. You say. know, it was one of those things where you know he could have run one way, and if Gitichu had a little more, he could have gone the other. They could have could have split up. Could have could end up biting him, but uh, it did not. Oh yeah. They should have coordinated that. Like, this guy's going to run me right. in t- inside that Dairy Queen over there that you see <laughs> on the other side of the sidewalk. You just run straight, and you can win this race. But, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I was fun to, you know, it was fun to watch. Yeah, he was a little, a little all over the place. I'm a little more forgiving of that on the roads than I am on the track. I love it on the track. Love it on the roads. Uh, he was celebrating, too, as he was doing it. He had his yeah. hands up. <laughs> just uh, totally... Totally eventful last uh, last hundred for the women. Not as dramatic, but those times sure are quick. Yeah, it's just another we keep another going. couple to add. Yeah, we keep going, keep going. All right, let's jump over to the ten ten thousand meter race in Southern California. Get that song ready, Jason. We had a, an American record in a second place effort for Alicia Monson. She's absolutely destroyed the old record that my huddle had uh, and Monson ran 30.03, but winning it from great Britain. Yeah. Our Ailish, Ailish McColgan, 30.00 just snuck under Paula Radcliffe's record. 30.00.86. But Monson now, man, American records just for days for her now. Just impressive. Yeah, no, she's just been yeah. I mean, obviously running so well, um, but yeah, this was I mean, this is a great race too with the two of them. And um, but you're right, Monson has definitely taken a leap. Uh, McColgan, I mean, thirty flat. I mean, that's, that's she's awesome running too. London, we, London yeah, Marathon, which I'm yeah, I'm excited about that too. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun. Right, we don't have a British record song. She deserves one though. Yeah, um, both of these races though, you had. Someone doing a lot of leading, and then that person getting out kicked in the end. So the men's race, 
Kincaid did to Klecker the exact same thing that he did to him indoors when Woody ran the American record in the five um, indoors. And in both races, it was just it was a clear two person race. They had rabbits, so it wasn't as if McColgan and or sorry, it wasn't as if Monson and Klecker were doing this from the first step. Right. But I just you know if the goal wasn't time, I think they'd get. You'd be like, all right, wait, what's what's going on here? Like tactically, why did you try to make this decision? But because the goal is time, everybody's a winner. And in Monson's case, she got the American record too. So she wasn't – it wouldn't have made any sense to slow down, tr- try to get the win, and yes. lose the record. That's not, what, that's not why you go to the 10, all right? Yes. <laughs> Which I originally saw the 10. I like Just the name sounds like a British game show. If you would call the 10, that's like one of those weird ones where Mo Farah's on and he's answering questions while in a sphere. Oh, yeah. What was that? What was that game called? I can't like even the remember. Pyra- the square? The pyramid? <laughs> Something. I don't know. When I heard the 10, that's what it, that was the first, my first thought. List of British game shows. This should be a long, short Oh, list. man. <laughs> so, no, there's – what What was the one? The Cube? It was the Cube, the right? The Cube. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Um, we used to do Track Spike or Jackie Chan movie. I mean, we we could do <laughs> is, we could do do road race or British game show. Yeah, ready. Yeah, Incredible Games. Uh, road race. No, British game show. <laughs> Go for it. British game show. Correct. Um. Don't scare the hair. <laughs> I'm gonna guess that's a game, but that's a really good name for a for a race. Yeah. Naked attraction. <laughs> uh, that's what they do at the University of Michigan, right? Oh, oh wait, no, that's Naked Mile. Never mind. Um. Joker's Wild. That's. I think I think we I think we stole that one at some point too. What do you mean? The, oh, oh, the, the yeah. US. Wasn't that? Wasn't that a game? I think that I feel like that was on Game Show Network when I was watching that as a kid. Love it. Yeah, this is actually a lot harder. Man, they have so many. Jeez, this is just still going. There's thousands of them. Wow, I love game shows. Uh, in the grid. Cool. I mean, that's a that's a virtual reality show where you can go watch it in the metaverse. <laughs> in the metaverse. Yeah, I'm just on the game show page. I'm not on list of road races. That <laughs> right. Pretty I was like, well. man, it's, this is probably going to be a recurring thing. But although the scrap heap challenge could be pretty good. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, you're right. This should be. Race director should look at this. Yeah, there's the Ben Ten Ultimate Challenge. There you go. Ben Ten. Uh, is a game show for children themed after the Ben Ten series. I don't know what that is, but yeah. Sounds like I said. Sounds like British, yeah, the British game show. Well, I'm trying to see if there's. Well, there's also one called Tenable. <laughs> I just con- con- command F. Uh, hold on, but hold on. What is the Ben Ten television? Like, what is? Let me see if what this is. The sci-fi uh, oh, show. Oh, um, gotcha. Cartoon it appears. It's popular all throughout the world. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was uh, a little before you had kids, and mm. it was too young for us. 
So it kind of missed it missed both missed us both. Gotcha. All right, makes sense. Okay, uh, let's play that song. <laughs> yes, for Alicia Monson, American record in the women's ten thousand. Hey man, did you see that record? No, not a world, but an American record. Maybe it was a world record too. It was the best performance by an American citizen or a relay team composed of American citizens and an athletics event within the United States or abroad. Hey man, did you see that American record? Well deserved. Yeah, I think I've said this a couple times. I think she's gonna medal. I just want to reiterate that. Yeah, I think she's gonna medal. I think this is the year. Do, do you have an event, or are you just keeping it a little vague? No, it's bolder if I say the five because the U.S. women have never medaled in the five before. So I'm gonna roll with that. I like it. She's getting faster and faster. Also. I know not everybody can run the marathon, but a lot of women are moving to the marathon, and maybe that's going to have an impact. Yeah. Next next couple of years, so many people are jumping to the opportunity and going to run two sixteen and two seventeen. But you know, if I know Hassan's going to do a hundred events, but if she ever, if she decided, hey, maybe I'm just going to stick with the marathon, that's definitely uh, you're taking out a person who could win gold in the five and the ten, and you're just removing them from the equation. Again, I don't think that's what's going to happen, but. Uh, Monson, I just I like the combination of the fast PR, but also the ability to close. But we'll yeah. see. No, that's what we, you need. Obviously, we've been down this road before. At, you know, getting really excited after indoor seasons. The difference is she had a great outdoor season last year, and this just seems to be building on top of that. But I don't know. Who knows? I just think thirty oh three is thirty oh three is no joke, but. Also, I mean, McCulgan, like 30 flat. Are you kidding me? Like, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Huge. I mean, it's, yeah. it's still, even with the marathon thinning it out a little bit, which you're absolutely right, still so many fast women in these races. It's crazy. Yeah, I guess we're not even, yeah, there's good day, I guess, would have to leave too. You'd have to get quite a few people to leave. And then even still, it's just. Or you, you just know. need, you know, a race that's that's fast, but not. Mm-hmm. You know, preposterously fast. So it, it doesn't eliminate that many people. So there's six or seven women in there, and she's one of them. I mean, that, yeah. that's really the, you know, that's her chance. Because I don't, I don't see, really see a scenario where, <laughs> it, you know, it breaks like the women's fifteen last year, where it's just three women break away, and it's just like a gold, silver, bronze. Yeah, like, I don't think she's she's a, she's not that level above everybody else. So I think it's got to be kind of the the version of, um, you know, just a whole bunch of people in, in the hunt. Mm-hmm. Which it could be for sure. Big uh, NCAA weekend with the indoor championships coming up, which is the, the end of indoors, right? This is it's a wrap. After this, we'll turn our attention outdoors. Um, but should be some exciting stuff. The race I'm most interested in is probably the women's 400 because you just had Diggs set the American record and the collegiate record, and then uh, Adeleke had the collegiate record. 
for two hours or something before that. So you got those right. two, plus Britton Wilson, who has mostly been running the four-meter hurdler, fourth in the world in four hurdles, but ran the 800 most of the season, but now is going to the quarter, too. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you say 400 hurdler and 800-meter runner? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Right, no, go she, was, she was good because um, she knows how to pace, unlike your guy who would go out in 20. Um, so she's very interesting in this event. Because I, I just I don't know um, if she can hang with those other two because the bar is so high. Also, you could see maybe a sub fifty for the first time in the NCAA. I mean, only four women in history have gone under fifty. Wow, three plus Bowl. Bowl's done it three times this year. So I'm excited for the women's four. Uh, Tui obviously in the three and the five. Julian Alfred's been amazing in the women's sixty. Uh, she's run six ninety seven, so you know hitting Aaliyah Hobbs's mark of ninety four isn't too far off in Albuquerque too. And you're only two second two hundredths, excuse me, from the world record. What else am I missing? A lot, but <laughs> there's every event. There's an eight hundred. You know, people can get excited about that. Um, Arkansas has six women in the four hundred. <laughs> Of the 16, and Washington has six men in the mile of the wow. 16. Yeah. The men's distance should be fun. The, so big picture, though it is interesting, when I was just thinking about this, the amount of quote-unquote stars on the women's side is way higher right now than the men, and I know that's a subjective term, but this is going to be one of those breakout meets for the men where someone is going to show out in this meet, and you're going right. to be like, okay, this – because like right now – you you probably would have said uh, Makai Williams in the sixty. He ran faster, but he got hurt from from Oregon, so he's not in there. You know, in the two people know Matthew Bowling. He's seated fifth, I believe, in the in the men's two hundred, four hundred. Well, if Randolph Ross came back, he would have been in this race, but he got suspended. He's out the you know, last next couple of years. Elijah Godwin's really fast. He'd probably be the one of the bigger names. Same thing, 800, a lot of parity. Mile, the times are so fast, people don't know what to do with them. So you had the number two time in history in the mile this year. But people are like, all right, no one's saying, okay, this, this guy is faster than or be, you know better than some of the all-time greats, right? Especially because he hasn't done anything yet. Yeah. Um, similarly, in the three and the five, you could say. So for the men, I, th- I think it'll be – and maybe it won't happen. Maybe maybe it'll just be like kind of same sort of types of performances. But usually that doesn't happen. Someone's going to – someone, at least one person is really going to separate themselves and do something that we're not thinking about. And uh, yeah, then we'll then we'll know them. But right now it's, it's a under-the-radar group on the men's side. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think you're right. It's definitely could happen, I suppose, but um, it almost always is the case where somebody kind of breaks out, right? And if if nothing else, they're just uh, someone that you watch going forward. Even if even if they don't necessarily become a star, star like they're just like they put up an impressive enough time to uh, to be on the radar. When I think back to recent championships, it is interesting because it's like it's like how many of those people like went on to superstardom within the track world. 
and then how many people like that was like the highlight and it's a lot of people <laughs> fall into that was the highlight that was it right is i remember watching grant holloway in in birmingham uh pull off the double and in that same meet there was a whole bunch of other like really not as good as that because he had the double behind him but when you just looked at the times there were some like really fast times too yeah but grant holloway went on to be grant holloway (laughs) and a lot of those other athletes that was it like that was the the highlight performance but i just think the men they have there's there's space there's room for somebody to break out doesn't even you know ncaa represents people from all over the world right so it's not even necessarily an american athlete could just be right uh, yeah could could be could be literally anybody it being at altitude you know makes it tough on the distance stuff helps a little bit in the sprint stuff maybe that factors in in terms of how we perceive the meet um but as a whole i think if you're just looking quality fields and fields to watch you're definitely going to want to see the women's four women's two should be good too because favorite feely Coming into the year, big favorite, right? She was second to Steiner. Then Steiner went pro. But Alfred, who I mentioned in the 60, is dub- has run a fast 200 this year too, and she's going to be doubling back. So that could be that could be really good if you get excited about indoor 200s, which I don't know how many people do, but they run really fast and make very tight turns. That's how it works. Yeah, I'm a sucker for 200 still, you know, so. Oh, I didn't know that. You like those two heat finals. Yeah. Oh, those are my favorite. I just, I really like the anticipation of waiting to see, does this time hold up, you know? Let's compare the times. Well, my other passion, as you know, is long track speed skating. Mm. So I'm already used to that sort of stuff. <laughs> I right. n- No, now I'm actually just considering, I'm like, man, what is worse, a two heat final or just having everyone run individually and just, just seeing how it plays out. I don't know. I honestly don't know which one I'd rather have. Well, for the purposes of filling airtime, I think you have everybody go solo. Oh, for sure. I'm just, you know, kind of thinking of it from the other other perspective. It was the only one on the card. Mm-hmm. And then you don't – do you reveal the times even after each one? You just keep, just keep them a secret. No, you gotta you got to reveal it, then you keep the leader – on the track, they have to watch the next heat or until they get bounced. Mm. Makes sense. They're sitting, they're standing like that circle, like in uh, Price is Right, when you're waiting for the wheel and you're like the highest, the highest dollar amount. You know <laughs> exactly. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Somebody does. Oh, man. All right. Let's go to emails. House of Run at gmail.com. Let's start first with Marshall. Yeah. NCAA DQ. Hello, Kevin and Jason. At last week's Big Ten Championships, Iowa Hawkeyes sophomore uh, Genoa McKeever ran 1.14.27 in the 600. That's an NCAA record indoors and the second fastest time indoors ever, only behind one Donovan Brazier on a flat track in Ohio. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's an indoor 600. No one cares, to which I reply, touche. <laughs> Anyways, Marshall continues, the real crappy part is that over the fr- uh, first five strides, McKeever barely stepped on the inside over the inside lane. As is always the case in athletics, the DQ wasn't made until well after the race. I'm going to propose a no-prick rule when it comes to petitioning for a DQ in track. 
Basically, would people consider you a prick for filing a DQ, i.e. if the error never had an impact on the race or would not have impacted uh, or would not have had an impact on the race? Alternatively, if the action made by the athlete would be indicative of being a prick, they should be DQ'd. I'm biased, but the coach slash official who filed the protest for a DQ and made the DQ call, in this case, should be fired. Hashtag bad for the sport. By the way, McKeever has never earned 800. He ran 44-7 in his first outdoor 400 last year before suffering a season-ending injury at Mount Sac the following weekend. That's my time. Marshall from St. Louis, formerly of Iowa. I'm a big fan of the no-prick rule here. Um, <clears throat> also, a, I mean, yeah, running the 600 and 114. Has run forty four seven in a first yeah. outdoor four hundred. Like I don't know. I want I want some more McKeever uh, mm. going forward. So I'm I'm excited about that. Uh, I know it's a flat track indoors or whatever. I mean that doesn't matter. But seems like he's fast. Yeah, well, and flat I agree. track makes it more more impressive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no banks. Um, Can't go. There's no downhill, you know? Yeah. You get um, to make those noises on a bank track. You can't on a flat track. Right? If you do it on a flat track, everyone just thinks you're ridiculous. <laughs> What's this guy doing? Um, yeah, and I I mean, I know a coach is going to do the, the DQ every time, but, like, yeah. And that's why I think you have to have the leeway, at least, of, like, hey, the the one step in or, or you know, some sort of... Uh, yeah, What 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 is it, though? It's It's one step on... But no steps over, and he says over. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just and I get it. Like, have to rules are rules, Jason. I think yeah. where's the where do you draw the line though? Right, uh, right on the inside of the track. I think. Well, <laughs> folks, because is he allowed to take the first ten strides there? Seven strides? I don't know. It's it's tough. No, you do have to. You do have to create a rule. Right, I mean, there has to be a cutoff, um, but I do get like in the, you know in the beginning you take one step where you lose your balance and you step over and you step back. Like I don't know, it's it's <clears throat> I get it's an imperfect thing, and like I said I'm not even like blaming an official or anything in this case. Like they just have to go by yeah what the deal is, but it just I don't know, kind of seems lame. So this situation came up in a lower stakes race, and there was no DQ. And I'll just highlight it. There was a runner at BU, either 3K or 5K, and she got her time qualifier for NCAAs in this race. And the way they had it set up was a two-turn stagger. I think she cut in early and then just joined the group. And then they went about their merry way, ran the race, she ran fast, blah, 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 blah. That one I'm way more lenient on because in terms of just common sense, she's running with the group. (laughs) Her cutting in a couple meters early, she would have ended up in the same spot. Now you could say, all right, she traveled less distance. So she had, you know, more energy. And maybe it's also because. Yeah. If anything, she got a bigger advantage than he did. Right. Yeah. But it's not a, I mean, neither, I don't want either one of them DQ to be clear, but it's not a championship race though, as well. Like the whole purpose was just to get the time. And I just, knowing what we know about distance races, it's just, all right, that person was going to run with the group anyway. Right, so it's just it's all on how fast the group is going to go. Versus a sprint race, you're supposed to stay in your lane. You're confined to your lane, like more. I guess you could say con- not conventional type of race, but like they should know the rules of the race. Hey, I got to stay 
in in my lane. Distance running, they don't. <laughs> you know, every yeah. every race has different. Okay, this is going to be a waterfall start. This is going to be an alleys, and more or less. I mean, I just that one. I was happy that the time got to stand. She's a great runner, and she belongs at the NCAA meet. And it just, uh, I guess, too. Athletes and coaches can always push back on that situation and say, "Well, how well was it marked?" And in most cases, they're going to say, "All right, it wasn't." Especially if it's a non-championship race. Hey, oh yeah, we could have put an extra cone here or an extra cone there. Uh, but, but in championships, I mean, you don't blame a coach for taking sort of this route, do you? It just no. I I mean, I expect it for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, yeah, no, I, I get it. Like, it's like, not even like, I can't even, I can't fight it too hard, even though I'm just like, ugh, it's lame. It's just like, I don't know. I feel like most of the time you could show me a video and I just go, yeah, DQ or no, not DQ. And it'd be that easy. Yeah. It just, you want to make it harder for them to step over the line. So they have to either really be out of control or really be intentional in what they're doing <laughs> but that's not the case you can get out of your lane and we've seen it time and time again fairly easily and what athletics put in those rules a couple of years ago maybe a year ago was it i think we we're talking about it and i thought they were good just because it provided finally some clarity about it oh, okay you get one step here you get no steps there. You get the yellow card, all that other – it was all spelled out. They had the little graphics you could look at and you could understand it and everybody should now sign off on that and, and move forward. And I think they did that in response to just the parade of DQs that happens every single indoor meet. Yeah. <laughs> or every indoor world championships and I don't know if that's going to cut down on it. But I just – you never want to apply the rule because it always seems heartless, but then you can't really imagine a world without the rule. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because if you just said, all right, we're not going to DQ people who take two steps on the inside, then <laughs> every single time there's going to be people doing two steps on the inside. And, sh- you know, that's not running. That's not track. That's no, for sure. Embarrassment to the sport. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree. I, I, I don't know. I think there can be some more leniency, but you're right. Like it's you have to, you do have to draw a hard line somewhere. And overall, I it's guess indoors. Could, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> you could make it super subjective, and you could have an official whose job it was to determine did it really matter. <laughs> right. That's they that's more be, what I want. Yeah. That could be a did it really matter judge. So they take into account. The entire race, the entire competition, and then they can piece together the evidence to determine if it really mattered. So in the case of the BU race that I'm telling you about, it's like, all right, you know what? That person should not be DQ'd because they were just going to run with the pack anyway, but I'm going to assess them a penalty of one second. And then you, oh, they're still qualified for the NCAA meet. Right. In this case, maybe you take the time away from this guy, but he gets to keep his place. Because the did it really matter judge determines that it did not actually matter in terms of the outcome of the race. And they get their – the Iowa gets their points and 
he gets he gets his medal. Not his time, but he gets credit for being in the race. I'm, I'm Or no wait, no I'm no, here. sorry, I take it back. His time is one one hundredth faster than second place. That's how that's how you mm. do it. You like that? That's pretty good. Do you like the does it really matter, Judge? I I I, I kinda wanna apply, I guess is the thing. <laughs> I wanna figure out how I can do it. <laughs> It would be so controversial. You would have. <laughs> oh, I'd be hated, but you know what? I'm prepared for it. Sign me up. What would be harder to determine if something really mattered in a track race, such as stepping on the line, or is it hard to determine what a catch is in an NFL game? Oh, I think I could do better than the NFL does. Okay. Yeah, I feel confident. Because I think some of the I think some of the did it really matter stuff would be obvious. Yeah, I think I think the majority of the time it's obvious, honestly. Just like we think the majority of the time um, the catch is obvious, but sometimes it's still not somehow. So what would you say if, if a athlete in the 200 around the curve ran on the line a couple to- – ran over the line like once or twice, but they won by Lyles' margin, let's just say, in Eugene? Does that still count? Yeah, I would have to see it happen. I mean, I think if you're if you're doing a multiple, you're like you're like taking this job really seriously. Yeah, hey, yeah, I I'm not speculate. I'm not guaranteeing anything here. I need to <laughs> I need to know. You know, I I can't, I can't half-ass this thing. I can't comment on hypotheticals. Next question, please. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to be? You know, this is why people hate the media. This is Kevin. why you're trying to trap me um, into <laughs> into not having this job. Yeah, it's like the Supreme Court, right? When you have the you have the hearings, people want to know about all your past rulings. In your application for the job, you don't want to get this brought up. But, well, actually, it's true. It, it, I do honor. feel like a random thing I'm good at is being is being objective, like in in things. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at seeing, uh, like, kind of you know, being able to like, okay, I see, I see what see what's going on here. So I don't know if I'd need to hear like arguments from both sides. You know, an opposing coach is like, hey, yeah, this is what happened. And I'm like, come on, man. Like you, this. so would you apply any science to it? For example, would mm. you try to figure out? how much time it shaved off before you make your ruling? Or is it all just eyeball? Nah, didn't matter. <laughs> so I would, yeah, no, I, I would do extensive, um, I, I'd, have, I'd have a team of mm. sports scientists um, that we've, we've and who are not there in the month, like, but who I, I have, I've done just research on, you know, we're figuring out kind of, hey, the different events, yeah. uh, the different levels of, of what this is. And uh, so, that, so that way I'm going in with a, with a base of a lot of knowledge. So you're in a booth, like, in the NFL yeah. or in the NBA. Let's go to New York for the ruling. That sort of thing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I've got some sort of, yeah, just... Uh, You're not on site. You're in a different location in the official... Yeah, because there's always meets going on, you know? So yeah. I don't know if I could be... I mean, for the big meets, sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. up in the... You know, I want to be there. Um, maybe I'm in the metaverse and I'm... You know, they could just put on... Instead of putting on the headset, they're putting on a, th- a VR headset. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you're explaining to them how they actually aren't DQ'd. I like it. I like it. Yeah. New new job created. Sepco. I'm, I'm ready. So first I'm going to write the schedule, um, and then I'm going to do this. That's well, we've just... already done that pretty much, right? Yeah, I'm just going to make it official, I think. Love it. All right, another one from Marshall. Uh, this one, I guess, this one came before the other one. Yes, it did. Okay. My only comment from last week was whether the runner Sagai passed with a lap to go. 
talking about good FCI, cost her the indoor 3K world record. While watching the race, I thought that all the other runners besides Sagai, Coco, and Elam had dropped out, but clearly this was not the case. I'd be curious to know if there's an unwritten rule in indoor distance races where those getting lapped move off the rail. If it were me, I would likely move out of the way, although Sagai was moving pretty quickly, so reaction time may have been slow. And if I were Sagai, I'd be super pissed, even if I was passing on a straight. I could also see a scenario where the lapped runner moves off the rail as Sagai approaches and they collide. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so we've talked about this before. I never ran in anything important. I've been lapped. I've done the lapping. Yep. When I was doing the lapping, I liked it way more when they just stayed put. And I don't know if people lapping me felt the same way, but again, I was never in very, very high stakes races. I just figured I wasn't going to start running out in lane two on a distance race the entire time. I was going to stay in lane one as much as I could. Um, and I didn't want to keep turning around and trying to guess when someone would come so I could move out. Also, two lane two sometimes isn't enough space if it's especially getting towards the end of races, right? Sometimes someone could be swinging wide. So I always just thought, hug the inside. They can go around you. That's what I liked when I was running. Yeah, I think. But I wasn't going for world records. Right. No, which which I definitely understand, but at the same time, paid it's paid to be there. Wasn't paid to be there either. <laughs> it's it's tough because the, I think the main thing you want as the runner who's doing the lapping is for it to be predictable, at least. Yeah. So that, that's the that's the only thing that really you know that, that's the thing that matters the most. I should say is hey, they're going to stick to the rail. Cool. I'll you know I'll I'll go by them. It'll take. Uh, you know, half a second, not, not even, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a split second thing because, Hey, I'm way faster than they are. Um, or if they move out, you know, with, with time in advance, then that's great too, because then I can yeah. just do that too. The bit, the problem comes in where, like he mentioned, sometimes be, and you might say, you know, like people, all oh, people are aware, you know, that, but it's like, you're still running your own race. Yeah. And yeah. it's not really your responsibility to keep an eye on, the other person, even if they're running a world record, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just, you're, you're kind of doing your own thing and maybe you had every intention, like, you know that they're coming up and you're like, Oh man, okay, I'm going to move off to the side, but then they get close. And the worst thing you could do is then quasi get in their way. hundred percent. So, yes. so I get, you know, I, I get the idea and it's like, yeah, it'd be cool if, if everybody, you know, had a thing, um, like a, a warning to, to know to get out of the way, but like, I'm not yeah. going to be mad at anybody who doesn't because I said, overall you're running your race, you're doing your thing. I, I don't think it's a drastic um, time difference either. Like if you're, if you're coming up on someone who's you're lapping, you're going significantly faster than like, I feel like you're already planning the right route to make it as painless as possible. Yeah, she just missed it by such a small amount that for sure. No, and it, it probably did cost yeah. her, but like, yeah. So, so did a lot of other things. In yeah, that race, exactly. Probably go back. I think if it's a non-championship meet and the race director knows that it's a world record attempt and they talk to the field ahead of time because they've seen everybody's season's bests and personal bests, they know or they should know. 
I think that would be nice of them to notify and and then explain what the expectation is, especially if they're paying an athlete to be there. Hey, you're great, but this woman is going to go off the world record, so she might lap you. If that happens or if she gets close, we want you to do X, Y, or Z. Yeah, wh- whatever it is. Like I don't think that's unreasonable. Um, you don't. You can't demand that they do it, but if you just like let them know. Similarly, in a, in a race, you'd say, "Hey, this is the rabbit," and then people understand. Okay, I'm not going to go in front of the rabbit and get in the rabbit's way, right? There's just there's sort of a collective agreement with stuff. But if it's a championship style race, again, this maybe I you know, go call me soft and tell me to get a participation trophy. And this is why <laughs> America is in decline, but. Everybody has a right to race in a championship race. Yeah, you, have, you, qual- you qualified, right? Yeah, you're in it. Don't obstruct anybody, but but I like there's no, and this leads to some complicated issues because we've seen this late in races because that's when people get lapped is late in races, and there's a person out there that the other athletes need to go around, and that's just the reality of it. Where it gets, and this I've seen this before is. The person being lapped is also next to another person being lapped, and they're running wide or wide-ish. That is bad. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Because you need to have a little bit more awareness. But if you're just if you're just hugging the rail, doing your thing, um, I'm trying to think of all right, last hundred meters, Olympic final, ten thousand. Someone's gonna get lapped. If they're on the rail, that's better because everybody else can see them and they can move out because a lot of people move out to the outside anyway. And if there's a situation where someone gets bumped or they can't make a clean pass, I think that's better than someone running a minute, a mile slower, like cruising to the outside, trying to anticipate when someone's going to pass. I think that's worse. Yeah, no, I agree. Unless I think- you want to tell them to step off, but see, like you, you can't ask them to step off in a championship race. That's the, no, absolutely not. Part of it. Yeah. Um, or any race you shouldn't, but especially in a championship-style race. The Olympics, you can tell them to quit. That's what we're about now. We're about quitting. We endorse that. All right, Marshall's next point. A couple of St. Louis shout-outs. First off, at World Cross Country, both male members of the 4x2K U.S. team have St. Louis connections. Jordan Mann went to high school in St. Louis, and Alec Baston currently living in St. Louis as his wife-slash-girlfriend attends medical school, I believe. All right. In addition, Connor Burns went sub-4 indoors. Uh, at BU, he went sub four outdoors at the Festival of Miles. From what I can tell, he spent the entire month of February on the East Coast trying to break four. Not sure how his high school work is going. Um, okay, we need to play the high school sub four song. Oh yeah, because that's number four hundred and fifty-two. <laughs> Do you have the song handy? Here we go. It's another high school sub four. Now the old time list gets one more. It started with Jim Ryan. Now the numbers more. Finally, Marshall says, I had my graduation showcase for my stand-up comedy class on March 1st. It was a lot of fun, and my instructor has asked me to participate in his show in another month, which means I need to start hitting up some open mics to refine my set. All the best, Marshall from St. Louis, Formula of Iowa. He sends along a picture. I love it. Looks looks natural up there. Yeah, he's look. It's it's strong, um, dude. That's awesome. I mean, I'm sure it felt uh, had to feel good to get up there. I'm uh, 
Yeah, you should get a video or something. Let you know. Uh, let he's me gotta know. send it along. How does he not send any actual? I, I would love to see it. If you, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're worried about sharing it, uh, we don't have to share it with everybody, or we can. Either way is good. I will watch it for sure. Um, yeah, but yeah. Whatever it, you want to do, man. Jason will give you notes. I'm I not mean, saying no, Jason's more not, qualified. No, I definitely not. Then you're then you're instructor but he probably is uh i would never give the thing is i'd never give notes to a stand unless asked specifically like hey what do you think of this you know like i feel like i've had too many people well i've seen too many people do it and i've had people do it to me yeah and you have your own sense of humor right like so it's like okay cool like i see why you think that's better but that also is not a joke i would tell yeah, you know what I mean. Like so, it just well, probably work. the people giving you ad- advice are worse than you too. Usually, right? A or, lot of times. Am, am I wrong? A, no, a lot of times people the most comfortable telling you um, this is this is a bad joke or you should do this are just criminally unfunny people. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'll do it to Marshall. Yeah. So. No, dude. That's it's. Kevin is uh, okay. So funny. There is. <laughs> you should. Thanks, you, you guys should all be lucky enough to have Kevin uh, just text you from time to time all he does is just bust great jokes consistently <laughs> i can't tell if you're making fun of me no no dude be- you make me laugh so consistently via uh, text Th- I, I feel Thank like you. i can't keep up okay so so this photo marshall sends uh looks like a fairly like it's a spot that you associate with stand-up it looks as if he's standing in front of a artistic rendering of a map yes with multiple different colors He's got his hand on his stomach. I don't know if that's part of the joke. Uh, he's wearing long sleeve shirt with jeans. Looks very relaxed up there. My question to you, and this is only going to work for me and you because we're the only two looking at the picture. What's the name of his Netflix special if this is the photo? Oh, the man. Photo? That's a good question. <sighs> yeah, because I feel like it's it's got to be something. So Because like, always with the Netflix special, right, they have – Whatever's in the background is tied to what the, the the material is about. Oh, really? Well, not. I mean, but a lot of times, like the background, either the back, it's a set, you know, with like, gotcha. oh, okay, it's it's you know, this is like the living room, and he's talking about his like childhood life, or, or you know, stuff like yeah. this. So this, I'm feeling like he's from this city, so it's gonna be something with St. Louis, right? Like, I don't know. There's an arch something in here. I, I gotta, yeah, yeah. I don't know, Marshall. Is this St. Louis behind you? Um, it, I don't know what St. Louis looks like. I'm, yeah, I'm it's almost sure. April, so I'm going to hate St. Louis again shortly. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but doesn't that look like an artistic rendering of a map? Oh, no, no, I had the same thought. Yeah. Okay. Under the arch, something like that. Yeah, it's not know. bad. And then just a big arch going across the yeah you know, stage, and yeah, I well, feel like so right behind him, that really big blank space would have to be like the airport, right? Or like the oh yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, or the place where they put the Cardinals championships they've won recently in that big empty space. <laughs> hey, okay. That's that humor, Jason. Was that was good. That was good. All right, last one. Yeah. And then we'll get to Lasso. Uh, Preet from London. Love it. Uh, first time emailer to this pod, at least, having emailed Kevin's other pod on one occasion. Ooh, a cross, cross pod emailer. First thing to say is I'm sad to have only recently discovered this podcast after vague allusions to the pod on Kevin's other podcast. It took a fair amount of internet sleuthing to find it without knowing the name given Kevin's limited social media presence. That's true. You used to used to be I mean, I, you were never like super online guy, but I feel like, you know, you were around on Twitter and different stuff a lot more. Now, not not yeah. so much. So that that really cuts to the core of me pre 
it makes me happy and sad both at the same time. I'm glad I'm not that present because social media is, as we all know, a disaster sometimes. Oh, it's... However... I I need to be off it way more. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't make you feel good. So it's not always fun to hang around there. But also, man, I do do a really horrible job (laughs) of keeping people up to date or just posting or I've just since this pod started I thought I'd get over it the bad promotion and I've I've actually probably gotten worse at it as I've done this more which is bad but you know we're on year 13 like this is just the way this is this is the pod right like I feel like like a world I would like I like sending tweets right you're good at it too in in theory no it, it, it was fun it used to be fun now I don't I don't have as much fun doing it. That's why I stopped doing it. I love the interaction that we have with our listeners though via emails. Yes. So to me, and and I know this is dating us, but it would be awesome just to have a podcast where the way they communicate with us and the way they hear from us is by listening to the show and writing emails. And just other stuff in the interim, that's a bonus, but I like th- this form of communication. Is that wrong? I don't know. No, no. I, I, it, like, it's, it's out of it's date, a, right? I mean, maybe, but it's a better. It's a better world, right? Like, don't be wrong. I'm on social media. I yeah. don't. I don't like it. Like, but I'm doing it. And sometimes I like it because there's really funny, clever things. Think of, sometimes, but like yeah, overall, yeah. it's a. You know, I waste too much of my time for sure. Think about it this way. Think about your. Your favorite podcaster. They probably have. Um. A Twitter presence, an Instagram presence, like they're posting, you know, th- this way and that way, but it's all not that deep, right? Like we could now the the really really famous people couldn't do this because they would get inundated, but you could personally respond to every email you get in the same time that it takes to fire off a bunch of tweets, right? And that's a I think that's a much more genuine form of communication. Not that I'm going to e- you know, email everybody back, but I'm saying you you could, couldn't you? Right. Don't you? Didn't you listen to a pod that was popular where the guy emails the people back? I'm not making this up. Uh, it yeah. Um, they he, it happened to me a couple times with Effectively Wild. I emailed into them, and he would like sometimes even if they didn't respond to it on the show, they would he would just like respond back via email with like a response. To yeah, it. with an actual response to like the question or hey, something. Hey, I didn't get your email on the show. Yeah, but... or he'd be like, "Oh, actually, you know, we discussed something similar like this in episode like, I mean, yeah. And he was it was really cool. Like you could tell he yeah. Yeah. Isn't that a better way to interact with people than on I don't anyway. Whatever. Sometimes the social media can be really fun like yeah. again, specifically with the listeners though, where like they'll tweet at me a, a funny yeah, joke or funny, like yeah. a, a something that happened and then we kind of you know, make jokes or, or talk about it or whatever. I enjoy that. Yeah, this is a longer topic and one that's not really related to this. But anyway, <laughs> I just thought of that when Preet sent the email. Okay, so I'm going to continue. Uh, I'm a relatively new track fan, having only developed more of an interest following the Tokyo Olympics and gradually discovering the world of track podcasts and random continental tour meets, which has been a fun journey. A couple things. One, first in-person track meet. I attended my first in-person track meet at the Birmingham World Indoor Tour final a couple weeks ago, and it was a great experience. Lots happening, well-organized, and Jeff Whiteman as a stadium announcer is brilliant. The wave lights I know are controversial. I'm going to add in here, no, they shouldn't because they don't make that big of a deal. But Jason (laughs) will argue with me. But I think 
really great for the spectators to understand what is happening in the distance races and gauge their excitement or encouragement for the athletes accordingly. It was great to have a full house of around eight to 10,000 people in it and for it, excuse me, to still feel intimate. Have my expectations been set too high or am I in for a disappointment in the future? And am I in, a, in for a disappointment in the future? Next, attending the London Diamond League in July and World Champs in Budapest. Oh, well then. Love it. You're not it, in for a disappointment. You should have a, a fantastic time if you're, those are your next two meets. Well, I don't know crowd situation in Budapest, but. But it's a World Champs. It's the quality be, of the performances. It should be. still be pretty great. And I think, okay, so I know, and I'm not saying the, the, the wave light's the, the biggest thing from performance, but I think it matters. So how about how do you feel from a fan perspective? Because I do think that's a little bit underrated. I don't know if we've talked about that at all. Having, especially oh, if you yeah. know someone's trying to do a world record, because otherwise then you're stuck doing the weird math, or maybe they have it on the jumbotron off four seconds. But I think it is way better for the fan when you can actually see it. Uh, yeah, no, we've talked about this. Oh, we've we have hundred percent okay. talked about it. Well, because my point was before, even if it provides some crazy advantage that makes times irrelevant i think it's completely outweighed it's a, it's still a benefit overall because of the service that it does for the fans gotcha yeah that makes sense for for precisely that reason and sometimes in sports you you think of the fans first and you think of all the other stuff later now i don't think it makes that big of a deal so i think you get you get a win-win here and not just the fans in the stands at home when you're watching at home, you actually have an idea what the pace is. You're right. You don't have to do the weird math. And everybody knows where the person's at. Now, are they exactly perfect? No, but you at least know, oh, my gosh, this thing's on and it could happen. And with Sagai, I thought she actually had it because it looked like it was she, so beat, close. she beat the lights. But I realized the lights had a really insane lean at the finish and, <laughs> and got the win. But, yeah, pre, I think the London Diamond League will be great. Yes, because it's it's in London. I don't know if you know this, but they got good track fans there. <laughs> they fill up the morning sessions. All right, um, and world champs. I just I don't know because I don't know enough about the stadium setup and and the ticket sales. But if you just go in with the perspective of okay, the athletes are going to be you're going to see the best athletes in the world going 100 percent and you take everything else as just a bonus, I think you'll have a great time. Um, I'm trying to think region. See, the cool thing about the one cool thing, the saving race with Doha was there was a ton on, on the couple distance nights and there were some more distance focused nights. The Kenyan Ethiopian fans showed out. And I remember I was in the, in that section. I watched in the stadium in, cause I could walk wherever you wanted cause it was Doha. Um, for the men's five and it was amazing it was electric in that section if you're standing on the opposite side you'd probably you'd hear some noise but being in that section with with the music with the chants with the the people just getting so fired up and the flags and everything it was it was cool i don't know in in budapest i don't know if there's going to be a huge presence from any particular country other than Hungary. Hungary obviously doesn't have a huge footprint when it comes to gold medalists or medalists out there. But I don't know, maybe a maybe a country that's that's nearby will be well represented in the stands and that'll be excited. Yeah, I still think I mean it being in Europe uh everything's so close together. 
Like, so they're going to, you know. Well, 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 Mr. Geography expert. It's just like, it's, you know. Map of world. Hold on, let me look. But it's just like one of those things where it's like, okay, I don't know. the How, how far of a flight is it from London to, to Budapest? Two hours? Like, it's like everything, it's, it's, it's like if they were like, they were like, hey, Jason, you know, I don't know. Can you make it to, I don't know, Eugene, Oregon for the world championships? And I'm like, yeah, I can because it's not that far. <laughs> And I have a hundred dollar flight. So. Yeah, and, yeah. And Allegiant gave me money to take to fly here. But it's like, I don't know. I just feel like with all the European fans there, like they're all can either jump on a train or a plane and be there, or an automobile. Maybe John Candy, love him. Um, but like, it's not a far journey. So Slovakia, Austria, Croatia, Romania, Slovenia, Ukraine. I mean, not the running, you know, Mecca in the direct surrounding countries, for sure. Yeah, you go a couple over, you got Germany, you got Switzerland, Italy, France isn't far. I mean, if he's going from London, it it means that... Yeah, I mean, like I said, let's see, I just looked up two hours and 20 minutes nonstop flight. So that's that's pretty close. Yeah. I think Oregon was a longer flight than that. Yeah, for you? Yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. So... That's I like just mean it's just so close together. I get like and I still think, you know, maybe maybe not to the same extent you'll get the Ethiopia, Kenya contingent, but like, man, those fans are strong. Like they'll, they'll they yeah, show yeah. up no matter what. Like so yeah. you, you might not get the same uh, amount just because it's it's a little further journey, but man, those those fans are some of the best. Well, and the for Eugene, the Jamaican fans, remember? Oh, that, no, that Jama- cool. Jamaican fans will be, you know. If they yeah. It yeah, you still depends. got you still got the the women killing it, and you know maybe a couple of the young guys too. His next point about the four hundred Saweed Nasser suspension, I believe, is now over, and she was suspended for two years. Oh wow! From June thirtieth, twenty twenty one, uh, but with credit for her five month temporary suspension from June to October, twenty twenty. Interested to know your thoughts on how this might impact the event in twenty twenty three, as haven't heard any talk of this in any of the of the many 400-meter discussions in recent times with all the excitement about Femke Bowl in Sydney. Well, we don't know any absolutes here, so I can't, think, I can't speak with authority, but 400, generally speaking, more so on the men than women, right? Young person's game. So being out for a couple of years, there's no guarantee. Um... Definitely no guarantee, but she's 24. Yeah, it's still young. Yeah, it's, it's really, really young. young. And, and yeah. obviously, she, you know, uh, have a lot of people rooting against her. Uh, fairly so, a lot of people would say. Uh, but it will be interesting to watch. I mean, here's the thing. We don't know if Sydney's running the 400. We don't know if Femke's running the 400. Right. We do know that if Nasser runs as fast as she did before – She'd be the heavy favorite because she was ridiculously fast in, in Doha, yeah, right? Yeah, 48-1, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just crazy. Now, what's her second best time in history? Do you have her profile up? I don't. Let me see. Um, okay. Uh, I hope it's on her Wikipedia because that was the first thing I clicked on. You're a big Wikipedia guy. I mean, it is great. It's the people's She ran 49-08. In 2018, 
And that's her second best time? I don't know no. if that's her second best time. All right, uh, I'm gonna, I'll let me take care World of this. Athletics. No, it's fine. I'm on World Athletics now. It's great. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> for nothing. Uh, personal bests. 48-1. Yeah, 49-08. 49-17. 30 If she runs 48-1, no one's touching her. Maybe even if the aforementioned Bull and Sydney run it. You know, the, the, that, could be in, uh, that, that would be interesting, though, because then you, you have a chance for... I mean, and I don't yeah. necessarily think she's going to be a forty-eight-one runner, to be clear. But if that was the case, I don't know. Then, then you're having legit chances of people going sub forty-eight, and that would be fun. Yeah, if she settles into low forty-nines, then she gets. You know, Paulino was the only one who was under forty-nine last year. It's just if she's close to where she was before, she's a she's a medal threat and potentially a gold medalist because of the people who we don't know are going to run or not. Right? Like that's just the reality. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think, I yeah, it's obviously so hard to know because um, if I had to pick while. right now, I don't think she's on the podium. That's if you forced to make a pick, I don't think she's on the podium right now. But I don't. That's just me guessing. I don't know if she's been training. Yeah, that's the thing. Is, yeah, we have no information. Um, <laughs> so it's a really informed take from me. But also, yeah, again, Preet's never going to listen to this podcast again, by the way, or never <laughs> email in. Uh, Sydney and, and, and Bowl would obviously would factor in, but like say neither of them ran, which I, I don't think is going to happen. Um, man, it wouldn't take a whole lot to be a really good metal contender though. Uh, because it's just not that deep right now. All right. So the next point here, we got something wrong. He's correcting us. This is good. Shocker. Uh, the repassage heats. It hasn't been talked about in a while and I hope you don't mind, but I want to do a little pronunciation correction. It's not pronounced repassage. The the charge the C H A G E is pronounced more like charge, but with less of an R sound. Repercharge, repercharge. Uh, I don't know. Repercharge. Repercharge. Charge. That sounds very Boston. It does. It's it's noma. <laughs> is noma and the repercharge? Is that good? I don't know. That was pretty fantastic. Is that correct, Pre? Are we saying it right? Repercharge. Let's. Oh, well, repercharge sounds so much better. And now I'm gonna. Oh, official pronunciation here. Oh, repassage. 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 Yeah, repassage. Hold on, I got it right here. Hold on. Repassage. Yeah. Repassage. Repassage, I think. Shaj. So, yeah, he was red. Repassage. So, with charge without the R. Repassage. Repassage? No. One more time. Repassage. Repassage. No, you're no, doing um, the repassage. You're doing sage instead of shah. That's off. You're getting awfully picky, Jason slash Preet. Preet, <laughs> you've created a monster. Always write in with our terrible pronunciation because I'm more guilty than anybody. Repachage. Yeah, there you go. That just sounds it's, that's it's, tough. It's like the Tilo Stopaya that I'm still have Tilo to force Tilo myself Stopaya. to think about it before I say it. Repachage. It just sounds. Repachage. It sounds as if I'm mispronouncing it, though. Yeah. It sounds as if I'm stumbling on the word midway through. Repachage. 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 It's just very Boston, it right? It is. It definitely is, is very Boston. You seen the town? Southies? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Repachage. We got it? Yeah. I think you got it. Is that it? Okay. Repachage. It's already feeling more normal. Repachage. I'm going to mess this up a bunch of times. Repachage. It's interesting, though. He's writing in from London, talking about removing an R, 
when in England, all they do is add ours. Jessica. <laughs> right? That's true. Laura. Laura Muir's name is actually M-U. Last name is M-U-I. They just added it. That they just got so used to it. All right. Speaking of London, we're going to talk about Ted Lasso season three. So if you're not interested in the show or you don't want any spoilers that go up to the debut of season three. You yeah, I was going to say, right it's like we have no inside knowledge on season three. This is all. Uh, well, well, maybe got, Kevin does. I got a couple screeners. Oh, okay. Nice. No, I'm kidding. Track's no. killing it. Did you, did you think I No, no, I absolutely, okay. I absolutely did not. I should have just kept going with that bit and just see, like, hey, season one or episode one, there's going to be some stuff. All right. So we're going to talk the next next uh, couple minutes about this. So season three, which is the final season, debuts March 15th. So one week, one week from, from the day. this recording. I don't know if we're going to have weekly updates. Perhaps. I will say this. I was very excited about this preview. They've released two trailers. One didn't really reveal anything. It was more just a teaser of, hey, there's going to be a third season and yep. it's going to come around and subscribe, blah, blah, blah. The other one, the more recent one, did have clips from season three, what we assume are clips from season three, and it was quite revealing, Jason. What did you think of it? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm letting it play again here on mute. Um, you, it's, it's like you don't always get, get what you want with, yeah. uh, with Rolling Stones, right? But if you try sometimes, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's 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 kind of Ted walking around and the whole team, and then uh, you get we get Nate sitting alone here. I'm just gonna go step beat by beat here. Okay, yeah, no, they give it. up a goal. Everyone's looking a little upset in the locker room here. Hold on, but, pause it for a second. Yep. Pause it for a second. Nate, where is he sitting alone at? Uh, it, that? Yeah, he's in the window seat of the of the restaurant um, that that he you know always wanted the window seat, so he's finally earned that. But he's alone. Symbolism, folks, go by on. himself. No one to do it. His parents don't care about him because his dad was a dick either way. Um, <laughs> okay, this is also going to be the explicit portion yep, of the show. Yeah, I'm sorry. His, his dad wasn't – I mean, granted, no one was a bigger dick than Nate in the last closing well, episodes of this uh, of season two. Maybe that's where he got it from. All right, keep going. Yep. Okay, so we're a two-time Enemy Award-winning series. Here we go. Getting off the bus. <laughs> we got the Believe. Oh, okay, the coach is all walking out. Uh, we got some drills going on. Everyone's laughing, having a good time. This is like the light part of it. Oh, we see Trent Krim from the Independent. We see uh, Roy and Keeley, and then uh, Jamie walks in. Uh oh, now we're back to the the evil. Oh, there's Rupert and uh, and Nate. Nate looks a little nervous, like he's getting uh, you know. Oh, and Ted looks like he's about to have a panic attack again. Nate's giving the just the asshole look all over the place. Um, here's the bunch of fan things, and this is kind of where it's winding up, you know, everyone having a good old time again. Oh, home dinner, hugs, fist bumps, crowds, Nate's looking. Nate looks into the crowd while it's happening. Ted and his family are watching him and waving happily. It's getting in his head for sure. Um, so there we go, hands in. Uh, love you guys so much, they say, as a cheer at the end, and they all say it because they all love each other because they're good people. And then we've got Roy Kent saying great job to the team and Coach Beard passes out and that is the end of the trailer. Because he was so surprised that, that Roy, Roy Kent said, said that. good job. Yep. Yeah. All right. What was the most revealing part of that though? What was the scene or snippet that surprised you the most? Because I have one that just stands out far above the others. 
Ooh, that's a good question. Um, revealing. Interesting, because like I don't know if anything like stuck out as as like necessarily surprising to me, um, but I think you know getting Ted and stuff in the crowd, um, being being nice to Nate and seeing seeing his facade break for a minute of total asshole is mm-hmm. is a good sign. I think that you know we're going to get some sort of reconciliation of Nate. Um, I'm not ready to forgive him, but Ted probably is because he's a much better person than me. That's the scene. Yeah. That I think is the most important. First of all, his son is there. Yep. With him. So that's noteworthy. And Nate has just this – he smiles. Like he breaks in yeah, that he, moment. Yeah, it's, it's no longer the, the evil stare. Yeah. It's a it's disbelief of – man. This, really? This guy? He's, he's forgiven me again. And let's just say I hated it, Jason. I hate this. Yeah. I don't want to say it ruined the entire trailer for me, but I this is not how I wanted this plot line to go. Not that Ted was going to be mean back to Nate because it's not in his in his nature. Yeah. But I don't and maybe they're playing some mind games here with him, right? Maybe there's something else at play that we don't know. But I just that was cold, man. The end of last season, that was cold. And again, not that Ted was going to give him the, the, the uh, like was going to you know kick him out. But it's like you're on a right. You've moved on at that point, right? You're on a different team. I'm on a different team. I'm not going to show up to your game with my kid. The kid is wearing the West Ham jersey too. The kid is wearing the jersey for Nate's team. Right. Again, if he's trying to do mind games, I respect it. Like maybe Ted just takes a total you think we have turn. A Tasso situation here. Yeah, maybe it is a lead tasso situation. Total heel turn. And he's like, you know what? I'm flying my kid over here to get in your mind. That's how that's how committed I am. But yeah, I'm, that, I'm assuming, and I don't, you know, again, I don't know. Um, that that's, that's the be... biggest question, right? That's the biggest question that people have going into this season because that was the biggest surprise of the end of two, for I sure. Think. And I don't. You're right. I, I like. I don't think Nate deserves like the. The, like the good reconciliation part of it, right? Like it's because it's like, okay, so season one, you have Rebecca being an awful person the entire time, right? Like, yeah, she's trying to, sabotage she's trying to sabotage the team and, and, and people who are just genuinely good people. And, and, you know, includes Ted, who's just like the nicest guy in the world. And she's like, just messing with him in every mm-hmm. possible way to try to destroy his life. And he forgives her like immediately. Right. Like, as soon mm-hmm. as she gives the reveal of I'm an F and B, you know, then he's like, I forgive you. And it was an awesome moment because, you know, it's great. But at least with her, you're like, man, divorce is hard. She was go- She got screwed over so bad by Rupert. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's a monster. So you're like, okay, she's she's doing actively evil things. She knows she's doing evil things, but like, she's just so kind of, uh, you know, messed up that she can't help herself. Whereas the opposite with Nate, where he didn't, he got nothing but like great treatment. Like he was a freaking kit boy, kit man, whatever. And, yeah. uh, you know, Ted makes him a coach, does all this thing. And then where he's not paying enough attention to me. Mm hmm. And okay, I'm actually a genius, and, and you guys are idiots. Like, like he he has done nothing to deserve this turnaround. So I'm I'm assuming that that scene is going to be significantly later in the season, mm. perhaps. 
Um, because you're right. If it's coming out the gate with this, I'm like, man. No. I, 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 and I don't like I said. I don't want it. Like I am. Uh, I'm holding grudges against Nate for sure. I'm. I'm all. Mm. I'm out. I hope he fails miserably. Right. But uh, that's. I guess that's what I'm thinking. Is it must be later because it it hasn't been earned. Right. Like we need. We need something to happen to to make that make us want to for, forgive him. Either based on the trailer or not, just in general, what's your biggest prediction for the season? <sighs> biggest prediction. That's a good question. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you got the different – I mean, so you have the overarching storyline, obviously, of, I mean, that Ted laid out in season one, right? Hey, we're, you know, next year we'll go to the cha- championship thing. We'll get back um, – you know, promoted back to the Premier League. I'm trying to remember these words that the, that soccer uses. <laughs> just, your soccer terminology. Uh, is so bad, so bad. I apologize to everyone. Um, get back to the thing. But and they're the promoting. They're going to get promoted back to the Premier League. Yeah. Right. And then win the whole effing thing. That's literally like what the final sentence of season one. Yeah. Um. So that's obviously the. Does he say the f word? Oh yeah. When it's the first time he says the f word in the whole series. Oh. Um. Okay. Yeah. And, and then and Rebecca has a little bit of a shock, and then he spits bubbly water all over her face. Um, so that's the outline, right? I still think there is a decent chance they don't win the whole effing thing, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I, is I good, because I don't about... want it to be so obvious, necessarily. Like, if they win the whole thing, I'll be cheering. I'll be wearing my Roy Kent jersey, which I do have, and I'll be excited. <laughs> um but well, th- he's he's leaving at the end of the year, right? Because the show is ending. You have to think he's going to go back to the U.S. I would think so. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. So, but but it's just like it'll be interesting to kind of see how that plays out because it's like you have the end of season one with like the amazing tie. They figured out they need the tie. They get the tie, but then Jamie scores, and it's like heartbreaking, right? And it's this yeah. beautiful, heartbreaking yeah. thing. But it was like awesome. Like, like it was just, it's, it was so brutal, but then of course you just get like everything that's like good about the show, like the, the way they kind of, you know, just speak to like owning these kind of things. And, and then season two, like not nearly as much soccer overall, right? Like, but some ups and downs, but they end up, end up coming back. But I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll be curious kind of to see what it, what it could be because I don't, like I said, I definitely don't think it's obvious that they're going to win the, win it all. Um, but then you have all the individual relationship dynamics too. Yeah, I thought his kid was going to come back, like to, um, like was going to come over to England. Like I just thought that was going to be a, a plot point. Yeah. Well, it I seems it. definitely seems like it now. Yeah. Um. Some other things I thought about. Well, okay, going back to Nate. Yeah. And the trailer makes this pretty clear. Because you see the other coach there, pretty op- obviously, like you know, it's not, you know, it's a trailer. So if if the, someone's included, it usually means something. Nate's never been a head coach, right? Nate knows the game. He knows ball, as we say on the internet, but he doesn't. Does he know how to deal with people? Right. No. Uh, no. Clearly he's, not. Yeah. He's terrible. If you put him as the opposite of Ted, right? Ted doesn't know the game, but he knows how to interact with people and motivate and all that other stuff. And the idea being you can teach him the X's and O's or you can get other people to do, to do the X's and O's. It's, it's going to be a huge challenge 
for Nate with West Ham. So I was thinking, yeah, there's got to be a reconciliation and maybe it's just Nate doesn't last, gets booted, then we have by Rupert and then just we have just total animosity now 100% geared towards Rupert. Because he basically just because he's a natural villain, right? Like I mean, it's, he has been from the second he's been on screen. Well, and the whole reason—remember, he's planting all those seeds with Nate, and you got to think, okay, part of that's because he's just his lifelong goal now is to just screw with Rebecca, right? And the club, yeah. So basically, he's using using Nate is what I'm thinking for sure. Uh, you can me imagine sitting in a room with Nate. Like giving a pre, and we've seen him do the pregame speeches and stuff. But that, when we saw the true side of him, right? He was brutal on people. Oh you yeah, can't, yeah. You're not winning the locker room over like that. Maybe if you were a former player like Roy Kent, but you can't be the kit guy and then start just reaming people. It's not going to work. Yeah, especially in, yeah. You don't have any resume, even if he was yeah. like a successful coach, right? Like he was an assistant coach on a relegated team. Right. Um he's, you know, he like I said, he knows the game a little bit, which is which is great. But like I agree, I think it's going to go poorly. Um which I, you know, it just because of his personality. Um you know, he's just a, not a good dude. Um so yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think that's going to be really hard to to sell. Um you know, maybe it starts off okay and then it in you know, something goes wrong and he's going to handle it very very poorly. Um, and obviously, you know, we saw him just like obsessed with the phone and Twitter and whatever oh, else. He's, well, he's obsessed with his image, right? Right, exactly. That's what be, so it's like as soon as something goes wrong, he is going to get eaten alive by negative comments, right? Like as soon as someone's like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, get him out of here, whatever. Like he's going to see every single one of those. Um, mm-hmm. And that's going to, yeah, just like kind of destroy him. Um which I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah, to seeing him get destroyed a little bit. He deserves it. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think what else is that. I mean, then I guess you have some of the other stuff. So, I mean, Trent Krim's in this, in this thing. And, you know, I love me some Trent Krim. What is his, what is his deal going to be? Because he's not a reporter anymore. Well, that's because he was the worst reporter ever. He, well, basically. he did the thing you can't do. <laughs> for sure. So funny. And I know all the people like to... This isn't realistic. Obviously, the whole thing's not realistic, but it is just funny that that was the one thing that he did. <laughs> just listen. I'm going to tell you my source because I like you as a person, <laughs> right? Uh he's in the he's in PR now for uh, AFC Richmond. Okay, he's he's just hey, totally... I, I want some more Trent, uh, some some more Trent Krim. I mean, he's he's great. Yeah, he's going to be. I'm Trent Krim from AFCRichmond.com. Or afcrichmond.com slash fan blogs. Yeah, he might have his blog. Yeah, I'm, I'm up for him blogging, like, in, independently. Yeah. That'd be um, fun. And then I guess you got a, Roy Keeley dynamic. Yeah. yeah. Know, with a little uh, Jamie Tart. Yeah, what do you... So so Keeley took a job at a marketing, marketing firm, right? A PR firm. Or she's going to have her own or whatever. It's yeah, a big she, got, she got a big opportunity, yeah. Roy is obviously worried that Keeley's going to leave him. Jamie said he still has feelings for her. There's also that weird, yeah, like remember Roy forgave Nate for what he kissed Keeley or what did he do? Yeah, he kissed Keeley. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. I guess that's more about 
That's more about Nate than it is. Yeah, that was Nate, you know, being a, yeah. But what do you think happens with the love triangle? Yeah, so the the other weird part of it was at the end, Roy gets a big vacation planned for like three weeks or something like that where they were going to go, I don't know, somewhere nice and and, and have, have a vacation out there. And then she talked about basically like, I can't go. You should go by yourself. And that was like a weird mm-hmm. kind of moment. And then you had the Roy was flirting with the teacher thing and Keely, cause Nate, that wasn't her fault at all, but you know, whatever. There was a lot of, a lot of weirdness there. And then, yeah, Jamie came along. I, I don't buy her going back to Jamie, even though Jamie's grown as a person. I just don't think that's a realistic thing. Um, but the Roy Keeley, I, 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 overall, I'm still optimistic about Roy Keeley. I think I could think it could still work out. I think it's just, uh, you know, they're both kind of figuring out. It, it might end up with them just like being amicably like separate, mm-hmm. which would you know be fine too, but a little sad, um, just because they were they were a, a fun couple. Um, but I, I don't see any. I, I just don't see it with Jamie. All right, I have some plot lines here. Okay, some proposed plot lines. Tell me if you like it or not. First one. Sam Obasanya, right? Yeah. Love him. His restaurant gets a bad Yelp review, and he spends six episodes trying to figure out who did it. <laughs> what do you think? It's pretty good. That's that. Yeah. So we already had we had the mystery of, hey, who who are they chatting? You know, turned out to be Rebecca and Sam uh, chatting on the dating app. This time, it's who gave the bad review, and it's coming yeah. from inside the locker room. Um, yeah, you like it? Yeah, or? it's pretty good. That's pretty good. What do you think of Sam and Rebecca? Do you think that's done, done? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, uh, it was like a good, I, I liked, I liked their, their dynamic. I, I don't see it being a real thing. Like, I don't think Rebecca will let it be a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, you know, it seemed like they were both, uh, both enjoying it and had a lot in common. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of it. Yeah, I just don't, I don't see it being a long lasting kind of situation. Um, but some people throw out the Rebecca and Ted thing. I just I don't think that's a, a thing at all. I get why people think it, but I, I I think it's just like this kind of mutual respect, like best friend energy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's such a authentic relationship that they have. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be a shame to re- actually like put romance in there. Okay, the next one, um, Higgins. That's his name, right? Yeah, Higgins? love love me some Higgins. Higgins is kind of a central figure in this other episode that I'm proposing. It's called load management. <laughs> and half of the team only wants to play half the games. Mm. And Higgins has to figure out a way to get more of his players to, to play. What do you think? <laughs> Man, this is good. Yeah, I, I, I like this. I think, I think if Kawhi Leonard could make an appearance, that'd be great. You know, And it's just like they don't have to mention it outright with the – load management like being tied to him but it'll just be like this subtle little wink you know because i i think the uh they had some uh nba nods in the first season so i think it'll be it'd be good to bring that back okay good 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 i like it um also i sent this to another ted lasso fan i just searched ted lasso on my text to see if i had come up and we were making some predictions so here's another one okay uh i think the theme is promotion Team gets promoted. Ted gets promoted to full-time dad. Mm. Nate gets promoted to head coach. And Colin gets promoted to head of the West London Drug Syndicate. Okay, that one I made up. <laughs> oh, man. I do like Colin. I feel like he's uh, 
you know, he was just kind of one of uh, what Jamie's like little, you know, Aaron boy jerks in mm-hmm. the first uh, first few things. But I feel like now he's just this like fun kind of ridiculous side character. I would love if there was this like dark underbelly behind it, though. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. It's just like there's a murder in episode one. Right. Just like what is happening? Yeah. It just <laughs> turns into White Lotus. Okay, a man from America who knows nothing about soccer is the coach of a Premier League team, and there's a murder. <laughs> you imagine if they just completely abandon the whole soccer thing and just, just go hard <laughs> into a different different world. So what do you think it's – it's, it's, it's an interesting show, right? Because it's comedy. There's obviously a lot of depth to it, and people don't really know – how to view it. And I think a, a lot of people thought it's like you talk to people who only watch an episode or two who bail out and they think, Oh, this is just this sort of, um, Pollyannish Mickey mouse sort of feel good story. Yeah. When it's clearly not, if you hang around and maybe if you just catch an episode here or there, you could come away with that. It just got really dark. Yeah. A lot. Do you think overall season three is going to be – is it going to continue that direction? Um, or do you think we're going to have that sun I – mean, that, that's like the beauty of the show, right? You have the most optimistic character in the world and then you find out why he's optimistic and it's not for good reasons. Yeah, for sure. And that's – I mean like I said the first season of Ted Lasso is you know, on my Mount Rushmore of television seasons. Like I think it's just like one of the greatest – things of all time um and season two i really enjoyed but it was like obviously this major like tone switch like the first season had like it's down moments but they were always kind of like still in this optimistic view mm-hmm. um but the way yeah the way it kind of kind of switched was was a little surprising but i still i still loved it and i think i mean i think there'll be more of it in season three but i still think i think it'll be it i don't think it'll go as dark as season two did i think it'll be more light i think it'll be more season one than season two if i had to guess but i still think there'll be you just because it's some, wrapping up yeah and i still think there'll be some of those kind of kind of rougher moments but um mm-hmm. yeah i think it's i don't know I, it, it kind of to me i guess that makes sense as a as a format is like you know super light okay let's bring things down and then you also and then you kind of bring it back as they're kind of you know back in the premier league trying to uh yeah. Yeah. So I guess I stuff like that. Yeah, I guess my promotion theme, I guess, was they've already been promoted, right? I mean, yeah. So so at the yeah, so they they're they're back, and Nate was already. But like basically, like the end, the the season finale last year was the promotion thing. So I mean, that's you know, but it's it's kind of following that, right? Yeah, I guess I meant promote. But then why did I put in these? Are I'm looking at text from a long time ago. <laughs> I'm wondering why I put Ted gets promoted to full-time dad that must have been a prediction i have about season i mean well yeah and that's where you said the you know the the son was coming over so yeah so i had this vision he's at um he's at his old we open up with him at he's back at where he coached football Mm, yeah and you think he's you think oh man wichita state shockers right yeah and you think he's back for good but he's really just watching a practice and he's there to pick up his kid because you know maybe there was some sort of issue or something with with his wife or she's got like a work thing or something like that um so he's gonna he's picking up his son from america and flying him back to england he's gonna be with him the whole time like the whole episode Mm. or the whole 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 season season. yeah 
I also had a lot of thoughts about Nate talking to Dr. Sharon. Like, Sharon comes back. I was wondering if Sharon would come back or not. Deeper. Um, Did he ever talk to her in season two? Did Nate? Nate. No. No, I don't think so. And he's one of the ones who obviously needed to to as much as anybody. Yeah, as much as Ted, you know. Or Jamie. Just, man, it felt so bad for Jamie in that episode. Just uh, was crushing. You know, I remember you meant not to make not to make this super serious, but you mentioned that one of the reasons you liked the show is because you had stuff going on in your personal life, and it was like a show that just like was very uplifting for you. For sure. I'm assuming, yeah. I'm assuming that was season one, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it came out, yeah, or it came out right around when my mom passed away. For just, just, I mean, we, you could say it. Sorry. Yeah, and for me, so you looked at it through that, like it was that sort of prism. For me, especially with all like the very heavy uh, father, son, and not even fathers, just like parent, like because the thing with Rebecca uh, finding out about her dad and all that stuff, it hit me like emotionally on like the dad level. <laughs> mm, I can see that. Okay, yeah, yeah, all, like all the Jamie and his dad, Nate and his dad, Ted and his dad, and then and then uh, like Rebecca and her father, and I'm sure I'm, uh, you know, on and on and on. Right, that was just the. The, the sort of the constant through through line for a lot of these characters. Um, and I'm guessing they don't abandon that because that's still just such a. Yeah. I would, thing. Cause he, yeah, even in the, even in the trailer, Nate is sitting at the table that he wanted to get to impress his dad, right? The right, whole function yeah. there was to impress his dad. Um, I mean, I think he also wanted to date with the, the hostess as well too. Also, Nate is graying at just a ridiculously rapid rate, and I don't know if we need to. <laughs> hey, talk man, about you become that. a coach, you know. It's a stressful job, I guess, right? Yeah. No, it was. I mean, it was like the end of the last episode, right? Like he went from okay, there's a you know little bit of salt and pepper going on to like holy crap, this is like full on gray. Well, you see it in the that shot where he's training with the West Ham team. It's grayer there than it was before, wasn't it? And then it now you see it. For season three, it's even – I don't know. It, it seems like it's a whole new level up. I don't know. It's uh, – I think that was – I was wondering how they were going to deal with his storyline because you can't just – he's going to have to intersect with Ted, right? They're not going to introduce nine new characters. Like you're not going to meet the West Ham version of Higgins. <laughs> right. Or, no, or for sure. Maybe you'll meet the West Ham beard, but it's mo- – like they got to bring him back in the fold or they're going to have to drop – that storyline or put it way on the back burner because there's too much other stuff going because you're not going to drop Rebecca. You're not going to drop Keely and Roy or Keely, Roy and, and Jamie. You're, I mean, Sam and Cerithium oil, right? We got to get to the bottom of that yeah. again. Um, Trent, I guess is more minor, but I, I just don't see, there's not going to be a separate West Ham thing. It's going to need to be, Nate's going to be back in the fold. And they here's the here's the part where this intersects with reality. Being a big fan of the premiership like I am, they sack managers super quick. And by Do sack they? I mean fire. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You think they fire people quick in the NFL? Or the NBA? It's insanely fast how quick they fire managers hmm. in, in soccer. So, yeah, I would not be surprised at all if Nate's fired, yeah, by like episode ep- four. four. Yeah. Three or four, right? And then it's there is also a scene of a game where someone gets hurt too. And I think that's 
Richmond changed the color of their jerseys again. Also very realistic. Nobody knows what color any of these teams are. I apologize if you're an actual EPL fan. You could be like, no, actually, their colors. No. Well, they go back and forth because they wear the traditional ones in one scene, and then they were wearing bright orange in another scene. Right. Great. And then wearing different blue on blue ones in another one. Yeah. I get the variations of colors, but like completely changing the colors is, is very hard to keep track of. But anyway, someone gets hurt in that. Also, Sam has the captain's armband on. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Good call. Again, which makes it so bad that someone gave him a bad Yelp review <laughs> on his restaurant that he owns. Uh, I love the uh, that actor who was the guy from Ghana, the billionaire from oh, Ghana. Oh, he's so good. He's so funny. He's I love that so guy. good. Like, Wasn't he, in, he was in Veep, right? Yeah, he's been at, he's in everything now, I feel like, which, I mean, I'm all for. He's freaking great. Yeah, he was hilarious. And like when he starts cursing him out, when oh, Sam man. says just, no. As soon as he doesn't get his way, it's just, <laughs> he just keeps going. He loses his mind. It's <laughs> so satisfying. All right, what else do you want to talk about with this? the show man what else do we have left here um i kind of went all over the place no i like it i think i think we covered the majority of the stuff um once i started reading old text messages i really felt like this show hit a hit a new level of awesome so we're getting 12 episodes how long are is an hour each Uh, they're they're generally half hours but sometimes they'll be like 37 minutes or 40 you know but um 12 episodes okay uh, yeah i think nate nate's back in by four I'm going to say that. He's like, you back in or like he's gone from the other one? Like you think he's like Ted's – like like Ted in the crowd? You think that's like episode three or two? Yeah, it's early, See, man. See, to me, I think and that's like episode like four or five and then he's it's, fired shortly thereafter. It's going to be prioritized. Yeah, he's going to get uh, – he's going to get sacked. Maybe he becomes – Maybe he becomes the coach of like the team, like Richmond, like this below Richmond, in terms of because they realize he needs to work on his people skills or something like that. So he coaches the the U U nineteen <laughs> Richmond team. I don't know, but he's gonna get back in the fold. They just can't. I haven't run any shows per se, <laughs> but I just feel like it's difficult to have that thing hanging out there for that long. Like, we're going to keep checking in with him. What's going to be the Nate storyline on week two? Like, we get it. You False nine. Park the bus. Good job, Nate. Like, what else do you have for me? They're all... Uh, well, because we could get coach, some... I mean, I, I, hypothetically, and I, we, I mean, we could get some early success, right? Like, he's he wins his first couple matches or whatever, and things are going really well, and then there's, you know, him making some snide remarks or whatever... And then there's eh, the first kind of sign of trouble, right? The first thing that goes wrong. And then that's when Ted, you know, shows up doing that. Um, and then there's like him saying something crazy that goes goes viral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, I, like I said, I don't think it's like a full season, but I, I like, I'm more of like, eh, it's like, yeah, episode f- four or five, he's, he's fired. And then we get, you know, maybe another two episodes. Like, I, I don't think he's brought back that quickly. Like, I, he'll be back. I, I'd be kind of surprised if he wasn't. But I, I don't think he'll be back, like like you said, like, you know, by season by episode five. How many scenes do you think he's going to be in where he is the main guy? Because we've never seen that. Yeah, I think we'll check. We'll, we'll be checking in with him. But, like, yeah, it'll be focused. It'll be, like, the him and Rupert show. But, like, yeah, I, I don't know if they'll ever be, like, 
the A story in an episode. That's what I'm saying. And even the him and Rupert, it's like who's carrying that scene, right? Like everything seems to be keying off of, you know, Ted, Rebecca, Sam, Jamie, Keeley, right? Jamie. Like that's sort of the – that's the extent of it. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be weird if it's just like, all right, we're going to, now we're going to watch a West Ham coaches meeting. No, we'll, we'll get Troy, uh, Trent Krim asking some questions. Ooh. Trent Krim, I'm independent. Did you just come up with that? Yeah, I did. It just popped in my head. <laughs> the thing. Uh, um, probably not the first Krim. person to think of that. Where, but... did, where did Trent Krim go to J school? I just want to know. That's, that's a good question. Uh, you know, he, dude, he had Indian food or what was it? Yeah. One time with Ted and it freaking made him dump his career because he was such a nice, <laughs> such a nice, genuine dude. Yeah. The power, man. He just, he's not in the rat race anymore. He's not writing these articles. Um, I think we covered it. Not really, but I think we did our best. I should have had. I should have gone through all these texts ahead of time and organized my thoughts more. But no, no, I think maybe that's, stream you know, of consciousness. All we can do is better. we just, yeah, we just go, go rolling with what, what you know for, went through with the trailer and all the other stuff out there. If you got, if you got Ted Lasso thoughts, throw them, you know, throw them our way. Yeah, um, yeah. What's the murder mystery going to be? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> like it could, yeah. I'm. Uh, I don't know. I'm. Uh, I mean, I'm excited. Obviously, I, I'm. I love that show, and uh, I think it's great. So. I think it's very unpredictable because we went from mostly happy to mostly sad. So it's going to be tough to predict where this one goes. Maybe tonally it just goes in a, a entirely different direction too. There's that possibility. Yeah, that's part of the fun too. Um, that yeah, we just have no no idea. You know, like, like I said, I I could see them winning it all, but I could also see that not happening. And like it, it's something kind of nice about that. Um, yeah. And yeah, just like it's just like these characters. I'm like, I want to spend more time with these guys. They're, they're yeah, they're, good, they're a good time. Yeah, Danny, like oh, Danny. Danny Rojas. I mean, football is life, man. How yeah. do you not? How do you not love some Danny Rojas? Football's also death. It's true Don't about that too. Oh man, poor, Isaac, poor dog. I, Isaac, Isaac is one, uh, that's that's my wife's favorite. Johnny loves Isaac. One haircut a year. <laughs> it's, it's so insane. <laughs> I'm also wondering what the speech, like, you know, they did the practice speech. I wonder if there's going to be another. Didn't he do another one? Oh, he does the thing from Hoosiers. Yeah. This pitch is the exact same distance. No, it's not. No, they're all. (laughs) Which I, before that, did not know that about soccer. Yeah. And now you're a Fulham fan. Right. That's true. I'm going to soccer. I'm actually, yeah. So. And sorry, this episode's gone on way too long. I don't know if anybody's still listening. Um. So It'd be this. awesome if we had literally zero listeners at this point. <laughs> it's just us. You know what? It'd be totally fine. We, we, we would have talked about it anyway. Um, yeah, that's true. But I guess on the day that, that I'm, you know, want to do the Fulham game, I think is the coronation of the of the king, uh, which I don't care about at all. Tim Ream? Um, fullback <laughs> for the Fulham Fulhamers? Uh, but, like, I'm, like, wondering if that's going to affect anything. All know. right, if if you're well, we have people who listen who are in London. They can they can answer this question. Yeah, not that it's happened recently, but Jason wants to go to a soccer match the day that the king is going to be crowned. Yeah, coronated crown. I don't know how that works. Crown him. I'm not uh, interested in that 
at all. You you want to go to the match. You want to go to Craven Cottage. Yes, I want people to be pumped about that. And I and I think I think they will be. I think there's a lot of people who don't care about it as well, even in the UK. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but uh, and also, so I, if there's if your recommendations where to sit within the stadium, like yeah. obviously you could say, hey, sit in the center and it's great. But like I don't know if, if there's anything I should be you know focused on. Fifteen hundred meter start line. Yeah. Duh. Exactly. I heard. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess the the funeral was a bigger deal than any coronation because I know they shut down the games because of that. So the fact that they're not shutting down games, I think, it tells you you're at least it's still on the still on the calendar as far as I can tell. So, well, I had heard they just like did they like didn't have enough like TV cameras and stuff, even if they wanted to do the games because they're all were being oh wow or like they they didn't have was it police too? I guess cameras would be. Fine. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. It was some sort of resource that was like going to be completely drained because of the um, funeral. But that's pretty crazy. I think. I think you'll be. I think you'll be good. Yeah. Not knowing anything about the situation, but people can write in for sure. I mean, what if you just Googled? Will <laughs> there be Premier League? I mean, it's on the Premier League website. Like all the games are still scheduled for that day, as far as I can tell. Um. Oh, hold on. There is a response here. King's coronation will mean more Premier League fixture disruption. Mm. The Premier League is scheduled to experience further fixture disruption thanks to King Charles's coronation. <laughs> this is like thanks to King Charles's thanks coronation. Thanks a lot, King Charles. So this is the thisisanfield.com uh, blog, which Trent Krim writes for, um, uh, which currently falls on the day of Brentford's visit to Anfield. So Anfield is – is that Arsenal's team? I have I just, no idea. Oh, no. Sorry. Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, hold on. Oh, let's see. Well, I'm seeing this one thing here. Oh, wait, this is EFL. What the hell is EFL? Oh, no, it's saying the issue for Premier League is that they'll be tasked with shifting their schedule to avoid a clash. The Championship League 1 and 2, League 1, the Championship League 1 and League 2, so those are the three levels. that. So Richmond was in the Championship last year. Right. Um, so those got moved to Sunday and Monday. That's what I'm seeing here. Yeah. Policing, similar per, policing and personnel issues to the mm. Queen's funeral, right? So that's what I was, yeah, that's what I was talking about. I could have just read this article. Um, okay, but this says, I mean, if, this, if it gets moved to midweek, that's totally fine. I'll still be there, so I'm not against. If that, it gets moved, but yeah, oh, it says to the days preceding May six, as it's a free midweek. Could you go before? Mm, we get there on Friday. Come on, man! Come on, Liverpool! Come uh, so on. I would be really bummed if this. Uh, and now I can't see these, uh, uh, a game because I that was part of uh, what I was excited about. So what time? When do you get there? We get there Friday, the fifth, and then stay through Friday the twelfth. Wait, do they, don't they have a? They only have another game that next week. Well, I'd probably no? be, normally they're Saturdays, I think. No, 
They're all over the place. I thought that too. Well, and at least I was like <clears throat> when I yeah, I was looking, and I'm sure there's all sorts of stuff. The soccer season makes no sense. Well, that's absolutely true. Um, I know the 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 days they play follow the. But yeah, sometimes there's some play. midweek like Wednesday games or whatever too. But um, oh, Fulham lost today too. They played. Uh-oh. Oh man, it's not, this is just bad omens all around. Um, yeah, so they it's. Wait, hold on. Oh, not today. Monday, they, they lost. At least Monday, according to this, soccer. it's Saturday the 6th and then Saturday the 13th. Like, there's nothing in between. Not to say yeah. that some things won't get moved, but... Ah, oh, King Charles, why are you yeah. doing this? Yeah, come on, man. This is We want to see the footy. That's what we want to see. Absolutely. We get it. You're the king. Awesome. All right. Congrats. Hello. All right. Thanks, everybody, for writing in. Anybody who made it to the end, uh, email in... Uh, let us know you listen. I appreciate it. Also, we're on gmail.com. We will talk to you guys next week. Jessica Ennis. Watch Ted Lasso Season 3 on Apple TV+. Plus. <laughs> 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 <laughs>